0: Hello, one and all. I bet that's taking you by surprise a little bit as normally the intro music of the podcast plays right at the beginning. However, this is a pre-recorded introduction before your ears get to listen to the amazing episode that's coming up with Ben Todd from the Awesome Moonlight Parade. I felt that pre-recorded intro was needed just to highlight a few things that I wanted to say. So first up, a massive thank you to everyone who has engaged with the fantastical podcast so far uh, in 2023. It's been a fantastic Q1, strong growth across all areas of the business. (laughs) Yeah, strong growth. Uh, Listeners have been good. Engagement's been good. We are getting towards 1,000 followers on Twitter that I'm very proud of. I don't do a follow for a follow, although if I did, that would take me to 1,000 followers much quicker. I try to keep it organic and grow it naturally, so I'm really happy with that. The guests have been great, feedback's been great, really happy with the way the podcast has gone, turned me on to loads and loads of new music, so I'm absolutely chuffed and thrilled with the way the Fantastical podcast has gone so far in 2023. So that's my first point. Second of four points I've got is looking at my guest list over the last couple of weeks, it's all blokes. It reads like a, uh, a Glastonbury headline slot, details almost, so... What I want to try and focus on in the upcoming episode next couple of months, try to get more female guests on the Fantastical podcast. So if you've noticed that and haven't said anything, then bless your hearts. But something that I've noticed and I'm a bit sad about as I didn't notice it earlier. So more female guests is the priority for the Fantastical podcast. If you've got any acts in mind, whether that's a new act, an established act, anyone you think would be great for the podcast, give me a shout. I've got a few names swirling. Around in my head, who I'll be approaching soon. So very excited about that. And talking about kind of forthcoming episodes, I mentioned at the end of the, this episode with Ben is that the fantastical is taking somewhat of an enforced break with the Easter holidays coming up. It's quite difficult to try and get uh, time to get guests on with basically life schedules and life tasks So this will be the last episode for about four to five weeks. I reckon I'm away, and in my right-hand man, the legendary Darren Houghton, who edits the podcast and makes the theme tune, uh, is also away, and I can't really pull it out without his fine artistic work making me sound much better than what I am. So this is the last episode for a couple of weeks, but please go back into the back episodes if you are a fairly new listener and go and check out loads of bands who have been recommended and I guess uh, last of all, this episode then, so this was recorded on Monday the 20th of March. I felt a bit rough whilst recording this episode, I must confess, and it turns out I actually had COVID So, uh, and still do have COVID as I'm recording this pre-recorded introduction. So if there's any points that I'm slow to react to or things that I normally catch on to quicker that I don't, then please accept my apologies for uh, being COVID-ridden, but unawaringly COVID-ridden whilst recording this podcast. I don't think it makes a massive difference to the actual podcast. I've listened. It still sounds great. Ben is an amazing guest with a great lineup. Moonlight Parade are a fantastic band, one who you should all go out and check out as soon as this episode ends. So yeah, that's it. Oh, hang on a second. No, also something that I meant to mention as well, something that I would normally have caught is that Moonlight Parade were actually a fantastical uh, choice for Kimberly Forsyth back in her episode. And I can't believe I didn't mention it in the forthcoming episode. So, you know, Moonlight Parade, already a fantastical established act. So apologies to Ben for not mentioning that in the episode. Apologies to Kimbo for not mentioning that. That's something that wouldn't have got past me if I was hundred percent fit. So at almost four minutes 30. It's enough rambling for me. I just want to say again, massive thank you to everyone who listens to the podcast. Enjoy this episode. Enjoy your Easter. We'll be back soon. And this is the Fantastical Podcast, episode 124 with Ben Todd. Enjoy. Hello one and all and welcome to the podcast we call the Fantastival with myself Steve Nussbaum in the podcast where I invite my guests to come on talk to me all about their musical taste their memories their experiences and they get to collect their fancy festivals which I have christened Fantastivals I hope everyone is well for this one. Lots of people are unwell. COVID seems to be making a slight comeback, especially at my workplace. So I hope everyone at my work is feeling good, is feeling on the mend. And I hope everyone's looking forward to their Easter breaks. Easter coming up very shortly. So I wish everyone a very happy Easter holiday or break for whatever they have planned. And before I introduce this week's guest, just want to give a bit of a shout out to Matthew Hickman of Brown Bear. He was my guest on the last episode of the podcast. That was episode 123. He's just released his amazing new album Demons. It's an absolute masterpiece. Definitely a contender for album of the year so far. And he made many, many great points about the music industry, his take on festivals, and he just told lots and lots a fascinating story. So if you've not listened to that one, please go back after listening to this episode and give Matt a listen. You will not regret that at all. So that was 123. This episode is 124 and I'm delighted to introduce the guest for this one. This gent plays guitar, also does vocals for the awesome Moonlight Parade. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Ben Todd. Hello. How are you doing? Ben, I am very well. I'm so happy to finally get Moonlight Parade or a member of Moonlight Parade on the Fantastical Podcast. I know there's lots going on in the world of Moonlight Parade and before we start talking about your musical journey and Moonlight Parade I always like to check in with my guests, make sure they're okay from like a mental health perspective. It's almost, well it's three years now since Covid happened. So Ben, how are you mate?
1: I am fine, yeah. uh, Covid didn't affect me work-wise too much because I work outside so my life sort of carried on work-wise pretty much as normal but obviously it did affect got a daughter at secondary school and it affected her you know it went into two years of her schooling really and she's just coming into a GCSEs now so they've had a, a tough time of it It was quite a unique experience you know we never had anything like that growing up so I've told you know told her that it's very unique and well done for sort of getting through it and doing her exams so yeah yeah. But on the on the on the whole, yeah, all healthy them. And-
0: Great to hear that, Ben. Great to hear that. So this podcast is a, a lot about you and your musical journey through life. So, Ben, I mean, how did you first get into music?
1: Um, very young. So I grew up in, in Jersey in the Channel Islands, um, and got an older brother, Jamie, who's two and a half years older, so everything he listened to filtered down to me. And it and it really was young. I can remember being five, six or seven and being into madness and the jam uh and bands like that in the eighties. And there was so much music in the eighties, you know, a lot of pop music, which um some of it I did like, you know, as long as it had a melody and it was catchy, I was into I didn't it didn't have that, you know, much taste going on then. But um I definitely had an ear and a love for music early on,
0: I think. And you have a dual role in Moonlight Parade. You play guitar and you sing. So what came first for you? Was it the singing or was it the guitar?
1: No, it was the guitar and it was actually quite late. I didn't pick up the guitar till I was 20 or 19 or 20. And I've sort of always been a bit of a reluctant singer. I sort of did it to write songs and then it always seemed to be me. These are back in the early days where I would end up singing the songs. But um, that's that's been... Wouldn't say it's been a struggle, but it's taken a bit of convincing over the years to sort of be the singer. I love songwriting, you know that is my main passion. Okay. But singing, uh, it's a work in progress, really.
0: And were there bands before Moonlight Parade? So what was the kind? Of, what was the kind of your journey up to Moonlight Parade? Okay, so in
1: Jersey, I sort of around the time I picked up the guitar, early twenties. Me and a couple of friends. Uh, and my girlfriend, who I'm still with, Jane, we moved from Jersey to Brighton to sort of get more into music, uh, and we were called White Elephant then, there was just three of us. And on our first gig, we played with a drum machine, so we were quite unconventional. We <laughs> were sort of into the Cocteau Twins and bands like that, so we had a funny old sound going on. I didn't have many lyrics, I used to make them up uh, on the spot and stuff. And... um yeah, on the first gig we played at Brighton in the pressure point, we met Alex, who is the bass player of Moonlight Parade. So there's a bit of fate going on there. Mm-hmm. And we were on the same bill, three bands. He was called their band was called Oceans Apart. And um at the end he said, oh, I really like what you were doing. Let's exchange details and you know, back then it was it was still an email address. So mm-hmm. um that was the start of a friendship uh, between all of us and then lots of other musicians as well. So it's not just the three of us or five of us in Moonlight Parade. There's a lot more that have been come and gone and different bands over the years. It just happens to be us sort of five at the moment. So, okay, yeah.
0: And then is that kind of just led to the first album? So obviously you meet the guy who ends up playing bass at one of your early gigs in Brighton. And is it just yeah. kind of jam it out? And then it's like, right, we're going to do this. And it naturally just happens from there.
1: Not, not really. Because there was quite a big gap. So you're looking at the early 2000s when we all met. So it's getting on 20 years ago. So those bands sort of fizzled out a bit. and But we still kept in touch as friends and did the odd practice. But I've, this is really the first time I've actually been in a band with Alex and Steve. So they contacted me in, I think, 2018 and just said, Oh, do you fancy trying some ideas over some stuff that we've written? And I was sort of at a bit of a point where I could have gone... Now, I can't be bothered, music's gone for me now because it sort of had in a way. I was still writing songs, but it was like, do I want, you know, do I want to do this? And then the other part of me sort of thought, well, this could be fun. It could be exciting, a chance to get more in touch with Alex and, and Steve. And I I sort of went for it. And, you know, here we are five years later and you couldn't really have planned or written what's happened since. So glad I'm glad I did.
0: Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad the one side of your shoulder beat the other <laughs> side of the shoulder. you were saying do it to not do it. So it's fantastic. And I love the way Fate works with these band stories, mm-hmm. like just random meetings here and there and staying in contact. And then that ends up becoming a band in the future. I love hearing stories like that. So Moonlight Parade, did I haven't been together for that long, really, in the great scheme of things. But we were saying before we started recording, um, it's quite a prolific output you guys have had. Yeah, so, I
1: mean, the first album was done... In four months, maybe. Wow! So that was that was quick. we were very fast at the beginning. Probably slowed down a little bit in in uh, sort of writing and perform, but that's because we've been adding the live um, stuff as well. But yeah, I think so. We've done three albums, two EPs. There's remixes in there. There's singles that haven't made the records as well, and there's a ton of other stuff that's not, not seen the light of day. So there's, I mean. To give you a scenario, I'll get home every day and Alex and Steve are the same, is we do something every day. So whether that's sending a vocal across or trying to finish a song or do, there's always something happening. Or like we had this uh, CD that we were doing for America, so we'll be Alex does. is very good with artwork, so he'll be finalising that and sending it back to us. And so we're like a, a sort of little professional outfit, really.
0: Yeah, you certainly are. Yeah. So, Like you said, you've done three albums and two EP. So was the plan always to kind of get together and record an album or was that something that just naturally happened spontaneously?
1: Yeah, we just had it. Uh, so the songs were, were getting going at the beginning and we just reached a point where it was like, might as well put an album out we have not really heard of, t- of the Twitter music scene then. That was really just a punt, you know. Get creating an account and then um, putting our music on there, and the feedback straight away that we got was quite like mind blowing. I thought it was a bit of a wind up at first because we've had years really of, of nothing in other other bands, and so you know when that became what what we thought it was, we just went with it really and made more music.
0: Absolutely. So Out of Nothing came out in 2018. That was followed fairly quickly, I'd say, in 2019 by Caught in a Wave. So that's quite a quick turnover from album one yeah. into album two. And you can kind of hear the sound evolve. And in the last album, What If came out in 2021.
1: Yeah, as I say, so we we sort of slowed down a little bit. I mean, that that was pretty quick, as you say. I think we were keen to sort of... We recognised early on, on the social media side of releasing music, you've you've got to be quite active and doing things regularly. So there's no point... The old way would be doing an album tour and then do an album two years later, wouldn't it, or three Mm -hmm. years later. You can't really do that on social media. So you've got to either be doing a single or or doing something to keep people engaged and to keep your name going, really. So that was behind that. Um, and then I think it was the EP of Paint the Summit. Uh, that was where Robert Carlyle sort of tweeted us that day and, you know, City Light, uh, Invincible. And then that gave us quite a big lift and brought a few more people as well. So that's some really exciting and nice things happened to us in the last, you know,
0: few years. The Robert Carlyle thing, I still can't quite get my head round. Like, I, I just find that, <laughs> like, crazy that he's so into it. And, like, we'll go yeah, and yeah. find these unsigned bands and push them out from his own Twitter account and give them a nudge and do links. I think that's an amazing job that, that Robert does there.
1: And he he really is, for you know, his level of what he's achieved in his career. There's not really anybody else at that level, possibly musically, I may be wrong, mm. doing the same thing for... For like unsigned musicians, so you know, hats off to him. Yeah, you know, he's a working class hero, isn't he? So uh, he knows what it's like to to struggle and try and get somewhere. So he's obviously still retains that, which you know, important.
0: Yeah, he certainly does. So, what if, like we said, was the last album in 2021? Since then, there's been two singles. So he had no more tears out in 2022 in a fairly recent single, Penny, which came out in January.
1: Yes, uh, No More Tears was the first one that we'd, we'd sort of, we'd done quite a lot at home. In fact, everything was nearly done in our home sort of set up. And with No More Tears, we we went down to Luke, who plays keyboard for us. Uh, he's got like a studio in Lewis, which is just down the road from Brighton. Uh, and we sort of took a bit of time and just experimenting, really, see if a different sound would come out of the equipment down there. Uh, but what we found is it was it was a bit a bit too slow for us really we you know we can do things very quick the way that we have been doing them so we've sort of gone back to that way um and you know I think it was good for us to have a bit of a, uh, a slowdown last year though because it had been quite flat out making music it can be you know it's nice to have a break and then get that energy back to sort of want to go again
0: yeah very important to do that for your mental health as well. And you know, so you keep your head in the game. So that's kind of what's been in the past. But it feels like there's quite an exciting time to be a Moonlight Parade. There's quite a lot going on. So in terms of releases, there's a single "So Clear" coming out on Friday, the 7th yeah. of April. So I guess tell us about "So Clear" and, and and what that track's about and what that track's like.
1: Yeah, that that's a funny one. Um, it, it sort of came out of a jam at uh, practice. Uh, I think it was last year and. I think we went then went on and worked on it. And it's one of those you sort of put to the side a little bit, and then when you're flicking through your sort of songs, what, what we should work on, you think, oh, yeah, that's really got something there. Uh, and it's quite unusual in that it takes a little turn at the end, uh, musically, where it sort of drifts down into the sort of arpeggio and. So, so yeah, we've, we've recorded that, and you know that'll be out in April seventh. There's a video out at the moment, uh, which has got you know good response. We tried to do it a bit differently instead of saying we've got a single out next month, let's do a video and drop it straight away, and so people've got no waiting time. It's there, but also you've got the backup of the single coming out. As for as for the song itself what's it about good question sometimes lyrics just come out and you catch them as they come out and you you put them down um so it's not exactly about anything in particular but it fits
0: (laughs) (laughs) as long as it fits it's all good ben so Single out Friday, 7th of April, and then Friday the 14th of April, there's a compilation coming out which is being released in the US on Cool Cat Record, which is Here Comes Moonlight Parade. So I guess my question is, how how has this all come about?
1: That's a good one. Uh, We played a gig supporting Beatlemania, who's Beatle's tribute act down in Worthing, and just before we were sort of, when we were setting up and playing, they were watching us do our sort of sound check. Uh, and the singer, not John Lennon, but who was playing (laughs) John Lennon, liked us, which was, you know, which was nice in itself. And uh, we made contact with him, and and he said he's he's on an American label that produces CDs and sort of sells them on their website, which is called Cat Music, and uh, to see if we'd be interested to give uh, the contact our music, and it's sort of gone from there. So it's, it's with the aim of his website's quite established so he's got a lot of contacts over there so it was just a, a sort of showcase of what we've done so far but knowing our fans in the uk they will want it as well mm. so we'll we'll get a release for them on the website as well because uh, it'd be a nice thing to have 18 songs you know in, on a cd you could have in your car or wherever so it's an extra option
0: yeah fantastic i look forward to seeing that come out that's going to be a uh a real great compilation and looking forward to hearing that so as well as the single and the album there's also quite a lot going on live for you you've got some really really exciting live dates coming up in 2023
1: yeah they all seem to be around May and June um, so May the 26th we're at the Water Routes we've already played there before uh, that's in London that's supporting the Heavy North so it'd be nice to meet those guys because they've had a, a similar journey to ourselves over the last couple of years they're doing you know they're doing really well so We'll go on before them. And then we've got a gig June the 10th uh, in Brighton at Patton, supporting my life story. And then the one that we sort of dreamed of, I suppose, that that sort of fell into our laps is we're playing the Cavern in Liverpool uh, June the 1st. We didn't really have plans to travel up north because it can be quite expensive, you know, if you get a day or two up there. And so that came out of the blue and we've accepted that. And that's part of like this pop festival that's held... Week at the caverns, so there's a, I think Mays have done it, you know.
0: Yeah, Gary, I shirt, had Gary actually. on two weeks ago. He was saying, I think they're doing yeah. it this year as well. He was really looking forward to that one.
1: Yeah, I actually messaged him about it just to see what it was like and stuff because I saw his name and um, the name Maze was on it a couple of years ago, so I just asked him what it was like. Um, yeah, so that that's gonna be amazing, you know. So we got lots of practice between now and then <laughs> to really get get it worked out, try and choose from our. 60 70
0: songs that we've got already yeah amazing amazing i look forward to i'm actually going to that heavy north gig so i as much as i look forward to oh, okay. meeting the heavy north I'm, i look forward to seeing moonlight parade and meeting yeah, your course. fine self and the rest of your band that'd be a, a great night I think a lot of people will go into that one from their twitter community so it'd be good to meet more more faces from there, so that'd be really a real special evening that I'm looking forward to. So, Ben, if yeah, anyone is, is listening and doesn't know how to find the Moonlight Parade on social media, where can people find the Moonlight Parade?
1: Yeah, so all over social media. We do have our own mm-hmm. website, which is it's got the shop attached to it. So, if you wanted to buy vinyl or merchandise, and that's www.moonlightparade.com. Um, on Twitter, our handle, I think, is bandparade at bandparade. Uh, and then Instagram, we are just Moonlight you know, like Parade. And also, we've got Bandcamp, so you'd find us on Bandcamp. Um, but tw- Twitter's been our main sort of contact with people, but that has changed a little bit in the last sort of year because, as you know, the algorithms have sort of have mm. changed up a bit, haven't they? Um, so that's why we're looking at, you know, doing things like videos and maybe trying to get a bit more of a personal contact with with people that are sort of interested in,
0: in, in us, sort of thing. Yeah, makes total sense, total sense. So, Ben, this podcast as well is all about finding out about you as a music fan. So, without giving away too many spoilers, music-wise, Ben, what kind of stuff do you like?
1: So, going back sort of late 80s, early 90s, I was into Stone Roses, and people talk about the Britpop scene quite a lot, but there was actually a sort of scene in the late 80s called Manchester, if you like, with the Charlatans, Stone Roses, Happy Mondays and Spiral Carpets. I was really into that. And that's where I sort of found my place, if you like. I, I found that I would be interested in indie music. I'd sort of settled into indie at that age. Um, and then and then rave, rave music came along and uh, I, I got fully immersed into that and guitar music sort of took a back seat, really. And it was an amazing experience, the rave scene, but musically, really, does it stand (laughs) out? I don't know know if it does, but it's not the sort of thing you'd go home and put on at home. It was just of a time and of a place, and it was crazy and exhilarating. But to be honest, I I was looking for the next thing, and it seems to take ages. It sort of diluted into this club music, and it was dark, and it was trancey, and it was boring, basically, I, I found... And the next big thing was Britpop, bit of a bad name, but some great
0: music came out of it. Great, great times. Yeah, great times indeed. Amazing time to grow up in and be a part of that scene. So I always like to find out what people are listening to at this moment in time. So I mentioned Brown Bear at the beginning. Obviously, their new album, Demons, yeah. came out last Friday, which is a superb album, um, which I'm really enjoying. Ben, what are you listening to at the moment? Anything on in your ears at the moment? Um,
1: yeah, so last year or sort of still listening to now, uh, Michael Head and the Red Elastic Band. So I really got into his album, Dear Scott. I went to go and see him live with Moby Tanner, who's on Twitter, so we we mess up there, and also C6 Sailor, who does the artwork. So that was sort of a bit of a mini Twitter meetup. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, really into him. I've liked him ever since he was in Shaq. Um, and sort of followed his career. So I was really pleased that he did so well last year. I'm so busy, like, making music. I don't seem to hmm. listen to that much. I think I've, I've had such a, a a bank of listening experience that I don't really listen like I used to uh, yeah. unless I'm going on a, on a trip. I mean, I, I'm really into my sports, so when I'm at work, it tends to be I listen to football a lot and things like, you know, talk sport and stuff like that,
0: documentaries, podcasts. Great stuff great stuff. Let me take you back then, Ben, to when you were a younger lad, had some money in your pocket, and it was time for you to go out and buy your first album <coughs> or your first single. Do you remember what that was and, that, and what that experience was like?
1: I do, yeah. I was about seven years old, I think, and I bought a single and an album in, in Woolworths, in King Street, Jersey. <laughs> I remember Woolworths? We had the top yeah. 40 singles all there on 45s, and the, the first single was... Past the Duchy on the left hand side, yeah. you remember that musical youth? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and the album was the complete madness. I've still got that. It's uh, I've got a few albums sort of from those days, like now. I've still got the now one. Do you remember that?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: First ever now. Uh, that's what I call music. So, yeah, those were the first two complete madness and
0: musical youth. Some classics there, some great stuff yeah. there. So, Ben, this podcast is all about you getting to collect your fantasy festival. Are you a big fan of festivals? Have you been to many?
1: I haven't actually been to that many. It was a quite a famous one uh, in 2000, which was the Glastonbury one, just before the fences and everything went up. So it was pandemonium, absolute hmm. chaos. There was about, I think there was over 300,000 people there, maybe more. But it was, you know, a friend of mine was sort of walking with a, a crate of beer on, on his shoulder sort of through the crowd and got rugby tackled and stolen off him. It was that sort wow. of... It was just very lawless and messy, but an experience, you know, all the same sort of thing. So I've been there once. I don't tend to do uh, many these days. One I used to go to a lot, was uh, I'll probably talk about it later, is um, one called Route de Rock in St. Barlow, France. I went to that uh, three or four years in a row, I think, in the 90s. And that was brilliant. That had all the Britpop hop bands like Suede, Blur, and... You know all the top bands of the time um we we stayed in a, in a campsite just up the road and perfect not too not too big you know i don't like huge you know unless i was playing on stage <laughs> <laughs> then again i've only played to about hundred. So. but yeah that that would be uh my sort of festival experience really
0: okay good stuff and in terms of gigs then. so again without spoiling your fantasy festival life if possible, do you have a favourite gig that you've been to see? Is there one that stands out for you?
1: Yeah, and they, they're not in my list of um, who will be at my festival, but I think one of my favourite gigs was with my brother, and it was a few years ago in Brighton, probably about 2010, and it was Falls. And, and from start to finish it was just brilliant. You know, the music, it was a second album, uh, it was it like Total Life Forever, I think, it was just up, you know, the music was up, and it was a bit like that rave experience, if you like. It was when everyone is up. They had people up on the, sort of round the top, the dancing and everything, and he got on top of one of the speakers, and I think he does it quite a lot, but he jumps from the top onto the speaker and then down. It's a good performer, um, and great music, really. So, yeah, that was probably my, my favourite. Yeah,
0: great band folds, great stage presence and some great music and a band who just seems to be getting bigger and bigger with every album they're releasing, which is always good to see. So the aim of the Fantastical podcast, like I said at the beginning, is getting our guests to collate their fantasy festivals. So Ben gets to choose any five acts, one of whom must play one of their studio albums in full And his five acts get to play an encore, which is basically all of them playing one song together to close Ben's Fantasy Festival. So very simple for any first time listeners. Five acts get to take five time slots. So, for example, in the last episode of the Fantastical podcast, I had Math U. Hickman from Brown Bear. He created his Afrochella Fantasy Festival. And in his opening slot, he picked Young Fathers, Super Seconds. He picked Little Sims. Midway Madness, he picked Lauren Hill and had her play the Miseducation of Lauren Hill album in full. For his pre-headline act, he picked Kendrick Lamar, and for his headliner, he went for Stevie Wonder. And for his encore, he went for a hip-hop medley based on Stevie Wonder songs that he just about got away with. I was very lax in the rules there, I let him get away with that, because he had Stevie Wonder there, and he had a rapper and a backing vocalist, and it seems to be perfect. So he just about got away with that one. So, Ben, I'm looking forward to hearing all about your lineup. But before we do, let's give your fantasy festival a name and a venue. So, yeah. Ben, what are you going to call your fantasy festival?
1: Okay, we're going to call it Lost Souls Festival. And the location will be where I just spoke about before, which is Route de Rock. And that is St. Marlowe, France. So, I would ask the uh, owner of that if I could use their location. It's like a castle, it's got big, huge castle walls around it. So it's like a nice big enclosed outdoor space,
0: quite unique. Great stuff. So we're going to France for your Fantasy Festival. Is there a reason behind the title of Lost Souls or is that going to play into one of your acts, maybe?
1: It is indeed.
0: All right. So I think I (laughs) I may know who is going to play. Maybe not. Never know until someone talks about it. All right. So before we talk about your five acts then, Ben, are there any acts that you want to mention who you love but just aren't able to get into Lost Souls with us?
1: Well, I nearly went down a totally different route for the festival, and it's five different acts. So, but it was more sixties-based because, obviously, I didn't grow up then. But I would have loved to have seen, in their heyday, Rolling Stones, Beatles, Bob Dylan, The Kinks, David Bowie, those types of you know icons, really. So I was going to go down that route, but then I thought I'll keep it to sort of what I've grown up with. Really, I mean, there's so many. I mean, you could name like The Smiths, The Cure. You know, there's Kate Bush, Cocteau Twins, Beach Boys,
0: Stone Roses. None of them have made it. Madness, even. You know, I loved Madness as a kid. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <gonna be> funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can only take five, and you've got to be honest with yourself. So, some big, big acts missing out. Some have played some fantasy festivals yeah. before. Some have to wait another week to make their first fantasy festival appearance. All right, so let's get cracking. In it's two o'clock. Lost Souls are sold out. France is a lovely day everyone's happy. It's time for your opening act, Ben. So who are you going to have open Lost Souls? The Lars. Great shout. So the Lars been mentioned a few times on this podcast. So Ben, why are you going to have the Lars open your fantasy festival? Uh,
1: for me, they're just natural songwriters and performers. Uh, they write effortlessly catchy songs, melodies to die for. And I don't know, just when they play the guitar and sing, it just sort of, it just comes so naturally to them. It's sort of, it's all like one thing that's happening. It's not like a separate thing where somebody's holding a guitar and playing it's, You know, they really are a part of it. And um, yeah, I'd love to s- never seen them live. So I'd love to see, love to see
0: that. Great stuff. So Lee Mavers is bringing the Lars down. They're going to be your opening act and play from two till three o'clock. Such a great album, that debut album. It's a shame yeah. kind of it never went anywhere else. But I think that kind of makes the legend even bigger that there was only that one proper album. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. <laughs> so good.
1: But then but then John Powell went on to do loads of stuff and, you know, massive talent himself really. So, you know, maybe it's meant to be that way, but yeah, we've got what they've done, so.
0: Absolutely. So the Lars Open, your fantasy festival, we'll take a half hour break at three o'clock. That'll take us to half past three and it'll be time for your Super Seconds Act. So Ben, who are you going to have as your Super Seconds Act?
1: Okay, so I mentioned him before, and it's uh, Michael Head and the Red Elastic Band. Um, Michael, he inspires me so much as a songwriter. He's he's just such a humble man. He's a true artist, man of the people. Dear Scott, winning the album of the year, restored my faith in music and sort of gave us hope as a band, really, that there are better things to come and, and good things to come. But yeah, just a great Great songwriter.
0: And he seems like a really nice guy as well. So when I had Pete Wilkinson on the podcast about a year and a half mm. ago, obviously he's quite close to Michael Head and only had good things to say about him. I had Simon Mason from the Hightown Pirates who's a good friend of Michael Head as well and said that, you know, he literally saved his life and made him write wow. songs. So he seems like a really nice bloke as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, would would love to meet him one day, but you know, just just seeing him he's so humble on stage, you know, he's just written what I think was the album of last year, it did get Mo- Mojo Album of the Year. And I'd like, to, I, he did a podcast actually with the guys that do, is it Soda Jerker that do songwriting? Oh, yeah, podcasts. yeah, And he went in depth into one of the songs he's written called The Next Day. And to actually hear that insight, I'd like to hear lots more of that with songwriters. Um, you know, there's a real story about a guy that had been to sort of war and came back home, and when you hear it, or you think, oh, the depth that's gone into that it sort of makes you want to up your own game and sort of push yourself a lot more, really. Because sometimes words can just come to you when you're playing the guitar, but can you go a bit further? What's it about? You know, make it more colourful for the the listener. Um, so I'm trying to do
0: that a lot more at the moment. Great shout. So Michael Head and the Red Elastic Band are your Super Seconds Act. They're going to play from half past three to half past four. We'll take a half hour break. That'll take us up to five o'clock. That'll be time for your Midway Madness Act. So Ben, who's going to be your Midway Madness Act?
1: Okay, it's not so much sort of Midway Madness, but I wanted to sort of have a nice sort of chilled band because when you're at a festival, it's like the daytime is quite hard work. It's when, when it, gets dark, it gets interesting, Or sort of dusk is a good time, isn't it, at the festival? Hmm. So this is that sort of tea time bit where you're sort of lying on the grass and, you know, just sort of relaxing. And it would be The War on drug. Um Just what an album they, they bought out. I think it's nearly 10 years old now, Lost in the Dream. Listen to it again today and some of their new stuff as well. And it's it's got that space I like in the music, like Pink Floyd do it amazingly well. You, you don't know how they do it, but... And, and you want to get lost in their music They they sort of invite
0: you in and it's very personal and you know They'll definitely be there. I find perfect band. their music just tends to just flow like their albums, yeah. are just It's just a natural flow to it. It doesn't feel like they're particularly doing much, but they're obviously doing lots It just feels like it's a very simple yeah. process and it just flows very nice and takes you where you need to go.
1: It's very simple I think underneath it, the chord changes and and things, are what we would all know, but it's it's the layers he puts on top of it, and obviously he's 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 creating a soundscape really of it's all those sort of intricacies, those little noises and big guitars, I suppose, as well,
0: which I do like. Great stuff. So the war and, and dr- dr- yeah, lots of great <laughs> solos in their stuff. So the War and Drugs are going to be your midway Madness act. Get play for an hour, and they will play from five till six. We'll take another half hour break. That'll take us to half past six, and it'll be time for your pre-headline act. So three acts down, two acts left. So Ben, who's going to be your pre-headline act? Okay, so the festival's named after their debut album, and it's Doves. Great shout. I thought it might be when you um, said the uh, title of your fantasy festival. So Doves, a great band. They get spoken about a little bit on the podcast. They don't often get picked for fantasy festivals. So Ben, why are the Doves going to be your headliners, and why are we calling your fantasy festival Lost Souls?
1: Well, they're also going to play Lost Souls, so I think when it came out, it was like the early 2000s, and and again, it was a bit of a leading time, you're sort of looking for music, and I I know a lot of of bands came out like The Strokes and The Libertines, but they're probably a bit fast-paced for me at that time, whereas Doves Doves had that connection from sort of rave music and club scene, because they made music in that Mm. time as well. And I first heard the C song on, on radio, and, I, and it's just like a moment where it clicks and goes, that's it. What, I want to make music like that, exactly like that. And I've probably been trying ever since, <laughs> but just, just uh, again, great songwriters. And, you know, there's some really big hits, didn't they, as well, after that first album. Um was it? Uh, I can't remember. Lego Sophia and things like Pounding, that. But... Yeah. Um, the album they bought out last year, or the year before, I think it was, the Universal One, that was a fantastic album as well. Uh, we were meant to go and see them live as a band, but they're not playing live at the moment, they cancel. Um, so it'd be good to see them back.
0: Yeah, fingers crossed. I, I think, have seen them before. I think jazz isn't um, too well, I think, from what, um, what I remember mm. reading, one of the members isn't too well. But great live band. I think for me, like War and Drugs, their albums just just. effortlessly flows and it just feels like it's just taking you again where you need to be that lost souls album reminds me of when i was a very young temp at h&v oxford street because when we closed oxford street doves were the last act to play on h&v and they played on the roof so as part of supporting that we had to play that lost souls album a lot and it was one of those the more you hear that album the more it grows on you so by the time i'd heard it Quite a lot. I actually got quite into their album in a big way. I think that's a fantastic album and a great choice. you it, it is.
1: It is. It really is. I mean, the Cedar Room. We used to before we go out on a night out, we'd all be sitting and having a few beers, and we'd put on that album. And the Cedar Room would be the sort of track before you just sort of went out. You're sort of all pumped up and ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, just a great band, and you know, make great music. So yeah, they'd be. Lost Souls in full, definitely.
0: Great shout. So the Doves are your pre-headline act. They're going to play Lost Souls in full from half past six to eight o'clock. We're going to take one more half-hour break and that'll take us to half past eight and it'll be time for your headline act. We're going to get two and a half hours to play your fantasy festival. So Ben, don't leave us waiting any longer. Who's going to headline (laughs) Lost Souls? Anyone who
1: knows me well will know there can only be one band um, and that is Radiohead. Radiohead are my band as in, as soon as i heard them I've, I've been with them ever since and they've they've given me everything i've wanted in music from when i first i didn't have the first album i have gone back and got that but i bought the bend in in a sort of supermarket back home and i've not really heard of them much but i sort of bought it on a a whim just to just like the look of the picture maybe mm. and and blew me away absolutely blew me away it's, it's actually hard to pick their best album i know people go on that okay computer <laughs> which probably probably is but the bends is a bit more of a personal album and it's sort of maybe it's hard to it's hard to explain okay computer is sort of out there a bit more musically whereas the bends you can strum a few of those on the guitar and um When Oasis were massive, we went to Spain a couple of times on holiday and we'd listen to Oasis getting ready to go out or playing cards and stuff. And then when it was chill time, we used to put Radiohead on. And I thought, my mates were already into Oasis, and I thought, I'll sneak this on and see if they like it. And by the end of the holiday, they loved it. It became part of the holiday. Some holiday, now i it?
0: Radiohead.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I'm lucky enough to see them a couple of times as well. I travelled all the way from Jersey to Cardiff without a ticket. Oh wow! And uh, met a girl that at university in Plymouth, and we travelled up together, and got a ticket outside. And I've done that a few times. Did it with Future Islands and bands like that. You know, you just get the urge to want to go and see them, and you do anything to to get there and do it. Um, so yeah, that was the okay computer. <laughs> Uh, keep
0: so, you're going to have them play the bulk of their set from the Benz and OK computer, or would you want a really round Whatever it?
1: they wanted. Whatever they want. They could do whatever, whatever they,
0: they like. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Radiohead are playing your fantasy festival. Six time Radiohead have been selected for a fantasy festival. So, Tom is bringing Johnny and the boys to play Lost Souls. So, at 11 o'clock, they're going to bring back out Doves, The War on Drugs, Michael Head, and the Rest, Red Elastic Band, and the Lars and they all get to play one song of your choice, Ben. It could be any song you can have them play, whatever you like. So what song are you going to have this talent pool on your stage play to close your fantasy festival?
1: This is hard, because you could divide them in half. You've got the sort of <laughs> upbeat singer-songwriters, and then you've got the sort of melancholic sort of space rock side. So half of them aren't going to be happy with the choice. But <laughs> the old me would have gone for Karma Police or Let Down by Radiohead, but... Me that is into music at the moment, I've chosen a song by Michael Head, and it's it's uplifting, which is rare for me. And it's Natalie's Party. I think it's just a good fun song that they can all join in. Lee Mavers would love it. John Powell would love it. I think the Radiohead boys—they probably they can go and have a cup of tea on the side. They've done their work. <laughs> just just leave it to the uh, the Liverpool boys.
0: <laughs> Great stuff. So Natalie's Party is going to be your encore so let's lock that in and so so we got the lost souls festival taking place in the roof de rock festival in saint marlo in france hope i've said that right i may not have done yeah yeah. opening act we have got the lars super seconds michael head and the red elastic band midway man has got war and drugs pre-headline doves who are going to play their album lost souls in full headline in your fantasy festival we're going to have Radiohead. And for your encore, they're all going to play Natalie's Party. Ben, sounds amazing to me. You happy to lock that one into the Fantastical Vaults?
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: <laughs> Great stuff. So Lost Souls is done and dusted. It's in our vaults. It's going to be an amazing day for anyone who's lucky enough to grab a ticket. So before we finish this one, Ben, it seems like a very exciting time to be part of Moonlight Parade. Lots going on. What do the next couple of months look like further down the line or, or 2023 look like down the line?
1: Uh-huh. Well, practicing a lot for these gigs that are coming up, sort of early summer. New material. We're gathering quite a bit of new material at the moment, so hopefully there might be something towards the end of the year. The sort of first focus is on getting ready for these gigs and um, the American sort of CD that's getting released and, and stuff. We'll probably keep releasing bits and pieces as we go, like we have done with the singles, but hold a few back and... I would think towards the end of this year, we would probably release something, uh, maybe an album or
0: an EP or something like that. Exciting times, exciting times. So let's just remind people then how they can find Moonlight Parade. So if anyone doesn't know of Moonlight Parade and know where to find them, Ben, let's give another shout out for your socials and your website and Bandcamp and whatever else you want to push.
1: Yeah, so i uh, got our own website which has got the vinyl and, and merch and everything on it and that's www.moonlightparade.com uh, on Twitter, we're Band Parade. On Instagram, we are Moonlight Parade. And then you'll find us in the search bar in Bandcamp. Um, Moonlight Parade. I think they have. Don't they have an offer on there or something every Friday? Or it's. I think the band receive all of the profits or something on uh, yeah,
0: Bandcamp yeah. Fridays. Bandcamp Friday, which happens, uh, I think, one Friday every month. But I might be wrong. So yeah, Bandcamp Friday is the one to go to. And also, like we mentioned earlier. Ben and Moonlight Parade play in London on the 26th of May with Heavy North, which is going to be awesome. And you also play in June uh, as well, supporting uh, My My Life Story, Story, which is also going to be a fantastic gig Mm. to get yourself down to. And if you're in Liverpool, go and check out Moonlight Parade playing the historic Cavern Club, which is going to be amazing. I'm so excited for you to play that one.
1: And we actually played twice that day. We played in the Cavern Club and then the Cavern Pub. The Camping Pub is free, so if you're around that area, you know you can just wander in there. I think they're on at half seven in the pub and then half five in the club, which is a fiver to get in, I think, so well worth
0: it. Well worth it, you get double Moonlight Parade, not just one slot, <laughs> double Moonlight Parade. What else more could you want? So that is it, thanks to everyone who has listened to the 124th episode of the Fantastical Podcast. If you've enjoyed this one, please subscribe, give the Fantastical Podcast a review on iTunes, which is very simple to do. Or if you're listening on Spotify, you can now rate the show, which is easy to do. So please remember to do that as it's very important to the algorithms of Spotify and iTunes and helps the podcast in more ways than you could imagine. As well as Moonlight Parade being on Twitter, so is the Fantastical Podcast. You can find us at At Fantastical P. We're also on TikTok, which is a learning process for me. I still can't get my head around it, but I'm trying. So go and give us a follow on TikTok. And if you're not on TikTok or Twitter, you can email the podcast at FantasticalPodcast at Outlook.com. On podcasts, we don't play music, but I'll get some tracks from Ben. I'll make a nice Spotify playlist of his chosen acts with Fantasy Festival. So in case you haven't heard of any of his acts, we can get some tracks for you to go and delve into his Fantasy Festival. So Ben, a massive thank you for being my 124th guest on the Fantastical Podcast. How have you found talking about music and the pain of collating your fantasy festival?
1: I've loved it. Thank you for having me. As I say, I've been spent the whole week sort of writing down (laughs) various lineups and it's got me looking back a bit at music and maybe re-listening a bit again because as I say, I haven't listened to that much. So the last week I've been going back over acts and it's... It's
0: good to do that, actually. So thank you. Mate, pleasure. been great having you on. I look forward to seeing the Moonlight Parade support the Heavy North, which is going to be a great gig and there'll be loads of people there watching. So I look forward to meeting you and the band and the Heavy North as well. So that is it. Like I said, I'll be back at some point with episode number 125. I'm away for Easter, so I'm not sure when 125 will follow. So please make sure to join me when it does. But until then, stay safe, my fantastical friends please continue to spread the word. And that word is fantastical. Thanks for listening.